together and do this God this is amazing that we get to do this together encourage each other spur each other on to focus in on you and bring your worship and glory and honor and praise we love to do this Lord we're so grateful for Sunday mornings we're so grateful for the family that you've connected us into where we can do this together and get draw closer to you experience your anointing when the believers gather together, we thank you, Lord, for including us in this. You are so good. We bless you this morning, Jesus. We want you to be touched. We want your heart to be blessed by our worship of you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lot of bigger churches out there. There's a lot of other bigger gatherings out there. But, man, no one does this like you guys. It's great to come home to this and uh, worship him together. It's so good. Why don't you take your seats? Ah, how you doing? Nice haircut, Kel. It's good. Anyone else get a haircut? No. Phil, did you get a haircut? No. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. How you doing? Good. Can I slide a bit closer? We um, put the back heaters on. It's a little bit cool up this end. Just waiting for that sweet spot. There it is. Beautiful. Our God is more than enough. There's no point worshipping and serving a God that's not more than enough. Our God is more than enough. He goes the extra mile. He's, he's just... He, he will pour out in abundance in our world more than what we need. You know, He doesn't just want to meet our needs. He wants to meet our wants. You understand that? It's not just about what you need to get by. He wants to bless you with even more than that. It's just in His nature because He's the God of more than enough. When He created creation, He could have stopped at any point, but He kept going. Because it's in his nature to do over and above and a bit more and a bit more. He wants to display his limitless potential and his limitless abilities 
And he wants to betray them in our life too. Do you believe it? Anyone glad you're in church this morning? Anyone glad that I'm in a good mood this morning? All right. He is the God of more than enough. He is the God of the overflow. Sorry, I'm just trying to preach better than my brother did last week. I heard he was good. It always comes back to brotherly competition. Luke 6.13 says this, If you give, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over. Why? Because that's his nature, to want to do that. He doesn't want to just sprinkle you with a bit of blessing. He wants to pour into you. He wants you he wants to shake you so he can fit more in you till it starts to run over. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Or your version might say, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we might ask or think. Come on. He's not on our level. He's not on our playing field. He's another level. Anyone glad of that? Cass, why are you sitting back there? Too cold at the front. Okay, I got you. Now, I've got, uh, I've got an illustration for you. I know that you go home and you sit around at lunchtime and you, you pull, pull apart the sermon with your family and you talk about what we talked about on Sunday. No, I know you, you switch off as soon as you walk out that door. So I'm going to give you a visual illustration that's going to torment you and taunt you all week. Okay, is that all right? Here we, is this a good teaching skill, Lauren? So, I need a table. I couldn't find a nice communion cloth. I got a beach towel. And, and I've got a little prop here. This is your life. This represents you. Empty, right? Nothing in it. Just a vessel. Right? There we are. Anyone feel encouraged this morning? Empty vessel. Nothing, nothing in there. That's how we start. And God, we know, is the wellspring of life, right? We know that He is the source and He is wanting to pour Himself out and fill us. And, and this is representing God this morning. So here we are, an empty vessel. And here God is a full vessel. Anyone know God's full? Full of, he's sort of full of himself, isn't it? Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Empty vessel. And God likes to just pour himself into us. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's all we need to get us through the day. He doesn't do a little bit, does he? He doesn't wish to do a little bit, but sometimes we get by with just a bit of moisture. But yet, he has so much more supply. Never seems to run out, Steve. So there we go. We press into God a bit more. We invite him into our world a little bit more. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up. Oh, that'll do. I'm feeling good. Let's go. I can, I can reach my world. I've got enough water in my tank to keep me going. But God doesn't like to just stop there. 
because his sauce never runs out, Steve. And he just likes to pour and pour and pour, filling us up. Fill me up, Lord. We play that song, Fill Me Up, Lord. I was hoping Geordie would pick it this morning. She's obviously not flowing with God this weekend. I have some more props here this morning. There's some more glasses. If this is you, these represent things in your world, other people nearby, maybe people in your workplace, someone in your workplace. How you doing, Heidi? You look very interested in this illustration. It's good. She's thirsty. <laughs> Thanks, mate. So there's, there's somebody at your workplace. There's somebody at your family, in your family, your husband, your spouse, your kids. That could be kids. That could be kids there. All these different people represented in your world. Um, they look a little bit different to you. They're part of another set, but it's all right. They're all glasses. And for my, the purpose of my illustration this morning, we're going to group them together like this. Like there's a cluster of your life right there with you obviously being the center of it, center of the world. And here's my illustration. This is what you're going to take home and remember. Because notice as God is filling me up, it doesn't affect anyone else around my life, right? It doesn't really. Everyone else is still dry. Everyone else is still empty. And how am I going, Ella? Is this, is this how it goes? And, uh, but as you get more and more filled with God, it's, it's like, oh, it's right on the edge. But yet they still have not experienced anything, right? Right? I need to put this jug down. That doesn't, that's half empty now. That doesn't represent God well anymore. So I had a second one, which is good, because God's supply never runs out. And this, obviously this is what I was going to do. You knew where I was going from the very beginning. Ella said to me, I told Ella I was so excited about this. Ella, I've got this illustration I'm going to do at church. This morning I was talking to her on the way in. I, oh, she was so excited. Yeah, what are you doing, Daddy? What are you doing? I told her, and she's like, I've, I've seen like at least three people do that illustration, Dad. So I thought I came up with it, but anyway. Anyway, and then we pour, obviously God wants to pour into our life. And what happens is we seem to overflow and we fill those other vessels around us. All of a sudden get the opportunity to experience God. I better stop there. Towel's pretty wet. You like that illustration, Steve? <laughs> Heidi, would you like a drink? You okay? You would? Oh, that one's a bit full. Living water. There you go. T take that back to your seat. There you go. No, you can't grab, grab a glass. No, you can't. You can wait till the end. Oh, all right. <laughs> Man, very obedient church. Just take the full one, Wayne. Don't do anything in halves. I'm interested this morning in the actual overflow. We spend a lot of the time talking about what can, God can do for us and how he can fill us and how we need God in our lives. 
But I, I want to focus this morning for the next 15 minutes on the actual overflow. The actual resource of God that was never going to be contained within your vessel. Do you hear that point? Or are you watching Wayne? Don't answer that question. There's an, there's an amount of God that can come to your life that no matter what you do, you are not a large enough vessel to contain it. Because it was never meant for you. Are you hearing where I'm going this morning? It, you were meant to contain so much of God. That's all you can do in this earthly world, in your mortal body, your mortal life. But God doesn't stop there. He can't stop there because His nature is that He is a God of more than enough. And there is so much more of Him to be experienced that He needs the element of the overflow in our life. There is a bunch of cups there. There are a bunch of people there in and around our lives. No matter how holy you get, no matter how close you get to God in your quiet time, no matter how high you lift your hands when you worship God in church, they will never experience God until there's an overflow in your life, the overflow element where it just seems to come out of you. When you go to work on Monday morning and it just seems to come out of you, and all of a sudden, they are being encouraged like you were encouraged by God. All of a sudden, they are being affected. All of a sudden, they are sensing purpose in their life because you sense purpose in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's the actual overflow we're going to look at this morning. The kingdom of God was never meant to stay within you. The kingdom of God was never meant to stay within this church. You with me on that? You agree on that? It's clear as day. that we, we, There's no way we are meant to be a church with walls. No way. The kingdom of God was meant to just be poured out and, and he calls himself living water. Like it just, water travels where it wants, right? It just, just goes. You can't stop water. It's one of the most craziest phenomenons in nature that, you know, they say the flood is the worst of all the natural disasters. You just can't stop water when it wants to go somewhere. And uh, it was never meant to be contained within four walls of a church. And I am passionate in leading our church to be a church that lets the water get out a little bit. Or a lot. You hear me? So I've made an executive decision. And the last three months of every year, starting today, you know, it's the 1st of October, last, financial, last quarter, not financial, last quarter of the year, we're going we're gonna to launch every last quarter of the year a Without Walls campaign. Okay? Like that word campaign? Campaign? It's trendy at the moment. It's out there a bit. Campaigns, there's a yes campaign, there's a no campaign. Everyone's got a campaign. We're going to be a church with a without walls campaign. And the last three months of every year, we're going to put on strategic, special events that really highlight that we want to be a church without walls. Sound good? 
So we got a head start. We've started preparing and, and organizing. Date night falls in October. I'm so excited to hear Cassia say this morning that more than half of the people coming to date night are not of this church or any church. That's like, I love that. I love that. Now, this is a, a night where obviously it's, it's for married couples. It doesn't suit everybody's situation in their life, but it suits married couples, and we're targeting strong marriages, and we're encouraging people, and we're trying to teach people how to uh, date well and have intimacy in their relationship. We're going to we're we're give people tips and a, a bit of material to take home. It's going to be a fantastic night. Why should that stay within the church? So there's one example. I mean, I've got heaps of ideas up, up in my mind. I want to hear your ideas. I was thinking maybe we could shut down church one Sunday service and go and have an, an open air service somewhere in town and maybe have breakfast together. And then, I don't know, what's, what's a church without walls look like? I don't know. I need your ideas. I was thinking we could put on like a big a community free breakfast somewhere where there's you know, in the middle of school, school holidays or something. I don't know. I want to hear what you've got up your, mind, up, up your sleeve and in your mind. And uh, I, I mentioned a few months ago, mid-year, we got um, granted a little bit of money to, to use for um, new initiatives, new, new church outreach or, or new churches. And, um, and I asked you, come on, give me some ideas. You know, no one gave me any ideas. So the money's still there. We're ready to go. Let's start this campaign. And let's see, you know, we might not have all the, the media and the marketing this year. Our next year will be much better at it. Um, but let's start something. Let's start uh, a real obvious culture in our church that the kingdom of God was not just for us. It is to be outpoured. It is to be overflowed onto all those that we come in contact with. Very good. I'm gonna, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture. This morning it's in Luke chapter 10. It's the moment in Jesus' campaign that he decides he's going to unleash others. At the moment, he, up until this point, he was, he was portraying who the Father was. He was bringing the kingdom of God to earth, but it was sort of wrapped up in, in what he did and, and he was involved in all the healing. He was involved in, in everything. But it comes a chapter in this, um, this, this book of Luke, and it's in chapter 10, that he sends out 72 others. All of a sudden, he's not now personally going to be calling all the shots. He's now not personally going to be involved in every little detail. But he's empowering 72 others to go out. It's like this overflow effect, right? His vessel was full. He could do so much. And now he says, you guys, just, just go. Just take it. Let the water flow from me. You take it out there. And Luke chapter 10 says this. The Lord now chose 72 others, other disciples, and sent them out ahead in pairs to all the towns and places that he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. 
So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you. I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you or traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter somebody's home, first say, may God's peace be in this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town off our feet to show you that we have abandoned you to your fate and know this, that the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even wicked Sodom would be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. Let's go down to verse 16. Then he said to the disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to the Lord, Uh, Sorry, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil, evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And at that same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. I'd never read that before. He was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way cool story Jesus sending out yo it's time take it go for it knock yourself out take my name take my authority off you go it's this handing over it's this spilling over it is the overflow of God that was always going to happen because Jesus couldn't do it all himself. He couldn't go and meet everyone himself. So others had to be empowered to go. I I learned a couple of things from this story. I observe a couple of things from this story. And that's the purpose in which these 72 are now going. They're not different people. They're the same people. They've seen the same things. They've seen Jesus doing all sorts of things, but they've just been hanging around. They've been going about their day to day, been experiencing ups and downs in life. But the difference with this story is they are now being told 
to go. And I want to tell you today, we are all being told to go. We are all being told to overflow. We are being told to, to, to let the, the kingdom of heaven be pressed down, shaken together in your life, and then overflow to come out of us. So go with purpose. Go to Monday with purpose. Come on, go to Tuesday with purpose. The purpose to let the overflow of God come out of you. To be different than when you than before you heard the message on Sunday. Than before you had a worship experience in church on Sunday. Be different to the point where you let it out. If we refuse to let it out or we don't find ourselves letting it out, I think the, the only reason surely can be that we're not full enough. And there's only a little bit of moisture in our cup. Just parching our thirst. We're just refreshing us enough to get through another week. But yet the kingdom of God was never meant to be like that. He's a mighty flowing river. There's a river of God that flows from the throne. A river of God. Let's not be, let's not be happy. Let's not be content with just enough for us. Because you're not playing the kingdom game if that's, the, if that's what's going on. The kingdom game is the more than enough. The kingdom game is the overflow. It's for others to be affected. So they go with purpose. That's one thing I notice. The second thing I notice is this sense of Jesus just saying, have a go. Just have a go. These weren't the 12. These were the 72. The 12 were different. He'd spent so much time with them. He'd counseled them. He'd discipled them. He'd trained them. He'd equipped them at a greater level. These were just 72 ordinary people who had been following him around for a while. Seen a few things, yeah, but like he hadn't spent heaps of quiet time with these guys. These were just 72 ordinary people. And he lets them take the kingdom of heaven to the world that needs it. Like, you get that? He's not scared. He's, he's plan A, no plan B. It's Jesus. He's bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. He's the answer. He's the savior. Yet he's confident enough to just let anyone go on. Go on, have a go. Go for it. And they came back shocked. Jesus, it worked. Even the demons do what we said. I think it's cool, this have-a-go spirit of Jesus. He would rather you have a go and get it wrong than not have a go. Because who knows what could happen even when you're getting it wrong. God's got something to work with. Even when you stuff it up, he's still got something to work with to affect somebody else. But when we don't even have a go, he's got nothing to work with. When we can hold and contain all that he's pouring into our life just for ourselves, what's he got to work with? But he says, have a go. And they come back. They had a go. They're excited. And verse 21 says, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. This pleased, this is what he wanted to see. He, he wanted to see this happening, and he was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. You ever been filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit? 
Anyone been in Pentecostal churches long enough to have had a, an experience of being filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit? If not you, surely you've seen somebody else that has. And, it, and there's usually a lot of joy. There's usually a lot of laughter. There's usually a lot. Of, I just slurred my words in, didn't I? There's usually a lot of, of just like, even to the point of silliness. And Jesus described, the, the Bible describes that Jesus was at that point right here. The Holy Spirit filled him with joy. And, he's, and he, with a smile on his face, I can just picture him. He's like, he turns to the Father. And he said, Father, this pleased you to do it like this, didn't it? This pleased you to give your kingdom that knows no bounds, the hope of the world. It pleased you just to let any everyday, ordinary person have a go and see great results like that. And he's laughing about it. He's smiling. He's enjoying this moment. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father are just having this little moment. Just like, this is awesome. And they start laughing. Laughing. Laughing, Oki, laughing. Yeah. I think of Sarah in the Bible. Remember, she laughed. When she was promised Isaac, she laughed. <laughs> sure. And then she fell pregnant and had Isaac. She, she had to laugh again and go, God, you're, you're amazing. Do you have those moments where you just laugh and you're just like, God. He does something for you in your situation and turns something around and you just got to laugh about it. You just got to let that joy of this Holy Spirit just come up within you and go, God, you got a sense of humor. You, you, you can do anything. I completely stuff that up and you turn it around for good. It's what he does. He loves to play with the overflow of your life. Give him some overflow opportunity in your life. So I'm finished. Um, Jordan and Phil, you might like to come, please. My conclusion is nothing new. I've just said it all. I'm just wrapping it up. He's the God of more than enough. He's the God of the overflow. He's not meant to be contained within you. Jock's coming with me tonight. We're going to go to the Anglican Church. We're leading the uh, healing service there. Anyone's welcome to come. Kevin often leads this, but he's, he's away for six weeks. So Jock and I are doing that tonight. And, um, and um, Jock's going to share his, a healing that's taken place in his life. It's, gonna, it's going to kickstart some faith with the listeners in the service. It's going to give opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come into the meeting and bring healing to other people. It's the overflow of God. It's the more than enough. He is more than enough for you, Jock. He just doesn't want to meet your needs, but He wants to meet the needs of people that you have contact with. He, and we've got we to gotta, we gotta get this right in our life. Often we ask God for something and 
we want Him to supply a need for us. And I, I, I fear that we've got the wrong mentality. I fear that we've got the, we're crying out to a God that we know can do anything, but we're only asking Him for something that affects us. I, I'm, I'm self-employed. There goes times in my life where I'm like, God, I need some work to come in. It's a bit dry at the moment. I need some dollars. Can you help me out here? I'm not praying. I'm not praying for me as much as I am praying for my family because it's not about me. It overflows to my family. But I found that any time that he's supplied, which is every time, by the way, every time, every time I've asked with some work, it just seems to come flooding in. Too much sometimes, right? Just comes flooding in. These guys have been waiting for me for months to come to their place. And I've realized something in my journey. I've been doing this for a number of years now. But it's never the amount of work that will, is enough for me and suitable for my business. I've got to find somebody else to help me get this work done. And God will bring somebody across my path who is in need of some short-term work. Some of you guys have been a part of that. Heaps of guys have come through my business for short-term. I don't know why they don't stay. I don't think I pay them enough, Steve treat them bad, man. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But do you know what I mean? I pray to the God, I I pray to this God of more than enough to meet my needs, and He seems to want to meet somebody else's need in the same answer of prayer. You get that? And so I think we should lift out, I think we should change the way we pray when when we have a need. That we we shouldn't pray just for our specific need, but that God would, in supplying our need, put us in a position where we can help somebody else. Yeah? Not just enough for you, because He doesn't care for that kind of culture. He's the God of more than enough. You ever think about that? Why more than enough? What's the point? Once it's enough, that's, that's it. But, you know, we don't need the more. Well, obviously it's not for us. Obviously, it's for somebody else. So you pray this week to the God of more than enough for your need. But you have faith that it's not only going to meet your need, but you're going to be in a position where you can help somebody else, where it's going to be able to overflow into somebody else's world. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Ordinary people were sent out carrying the kingdom of God to a world that knew not of it and didn't understand it. He entrusted them with the keys, the future of the world. Ordinary people, ordinary people. He filled them up, sent them out. Filled them up, sent them out. If you're wondering what the kingdom is all about, it's about filling people up, sending them out. Filling them up and sending them out. Why don't you close your eyes if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. In some way, just just be open to his, his filling nature right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and fill us up. Fill us up, Lord. We know you've been in this room with us all morning. This is an opportunity for your Holy Spirit to just release some of yourself into our life, into our heart, into our soul. 
Fill us up, oh God. Fill us up, oh God. Lord, we press into you. We want to be completely open to you. We want the windows of heaven to be open over our life. Come fill us up, Lord. Fill us up. We know you meet our needs as you're pouring in. You, you meet our circumstances as you're filling us up. But Lord, we don't want to stop there. We are open to you this week to come and pour in yourself into our life in such a way where we just spill out into others. In such a way that we can be blessed to be a blessing. That we can be empowered to empower others. That we can understand your freedom so we can set people free. God, come and flow through us. Come and flow through us. Come and flow through us. We're open to your Holy Spirit. We're open to your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Can we sing something? Is this a song? Go for it. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just keep pressing into Him. You haven't had enough yet. You can't walk away with just this.
Holy Spirit. So go and have a good week. Spend some time with the Holy Spirit this week. Understand that the mentality isn't that we come to church and be filled and then we just go until we're empty and we come back to church again. But all week long, He can be pouring into your life. All week long, He can be working in your mind and in your thinking over a particular situation. All, day, all week long, He's there and available to you. He's just looking for a, 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 a cup with no lid on it so he can get in there and he can overflow. Amen. Have a great week. You're welcome to come along to the Anglican Church tonight. Otherwise, I'll see you Friday night down in Maria. It's going to be an awesome weekend down there. Have a great one. God bless.